When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans, and it's a buoyant Stop Hammer Time this week with a win and a draw, which is all right, isn't it? Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we would have bitten your arm off for that. But now, in fact, we're almost slightly disappointed that we've uh, won one and only drawn the other one. Here to uh, celebrate, but also mourn, in a sense, but probably celebrate slightly more, but also mourn, uh, are uh, architect, architect, writer and educator, Mark Gower. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. Hello, Mark. You're right. I'm feeling very optimistic and positive. Good, good. About this podcast. About this podcast. We've turned a corner, you feel. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, Yeah, we've steered away from trouble and uh, the only way is up now. Exactly. Also also joining me this week, Jim's not here, but with uh, Jim's constant bad behaviour and uh, walking a tightrope between legal and illegal, we have to have uh, a legal team really on the staff at all times. And we have possibly the best legal team in the country. First of all, it is uh, um, a lawyer and a blog writer, first of all, on the subject of Wagner. Then he switched his attention to uh, Ulysses, uh, James Joyce's book. Ulysses is 100 years old this year. This. It's all right. It's Russell Raphael. Hello. Hello Russell. Yes, 100 years old this year, isn't it? 100 years old. That's even older than me. That's um, I, I'm feeling very optimistic and Good. bullish because I've been told I have to be. Yes, you must. You must be. Yeah. You must yes. be optimistic at all times. Also joining us this week, one of the finest legal brains in the country. It is Simon Pentel. 
not QC. Simon Kentor, KC. KC without the sunshine band. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's, um, you know, when you used to write checks and you'd write the old year for a little while, it must be like that in spades now. They've been QCs for like an entire lifetime. That must be the strangest uh, thing. Well, it's probably the first time in a long time that um, following the death of a monarch, um, there has been no one previously that bore the initials of the gender of a different monarch. Um, yes. Because, of course, they'd have to, everyone in the last 70 years has been one of Her Majesty's Council, yeah, yeah. those of us so appointed. And um, here we are, um, within literally 30 seconds of the death of Her Majesty, we all automatically became Casey's um, and didn't even have to pay for the privilege, which was rather nice. That's but I think there had been bloody expensive and a real pain in the backside to have to um, have your letters patent um, re revamped and sent out to you at great ex- expense. So um, it just happened automatically. But there we are. And um, having followed having followed Russell in this introduction, I'm bound to say that I'm I'm doubtless will expect from him tonight a stream of consciousness. Good, good. I love that. I do my best. May may I just may I just interject that I think this QC Casey bit is absolutely outrageous. As if we're not in enough economic trouble, we've got to redo all the post boxes. Yeah, that's true. Well, well yeah. I had to pay for it, so <laughs> that part um, I had to pay for. Too right. I think there's You're still right. a few. Um, there's still a few, especially those ones that are in a wall. Those post boxes that are kind of embedded in a post office wall. So I think there's still a few VCs around, aren't there? Oh, I think there are. Or maybe GCs, GCs. Yeah, I, and I really like those. I think they're great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Can um, they be a VC? Why would no? Be, wouldn't it be a VR? Victoria, oh, yeah, 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 Yes. <laughs> yeah, damn sight more optimistic than I am for tomorrow night at Anfield. But let's um, we'll come to that. Yes, we will. Uh, your Zoom identity is still Simon Pentel QC. On, yeah, because uh, I very rarely use Zoom because um, right. it's not it's not secure, um, uh-huh. and I haven't and I haven't therefore had an opportunity to use it since the death of Ermage, right? And therefore haven't even considered altering it. But I will now. It's been pointed out to me. Now, talking of names, talking about things and changing names. You know, on the BBC, on the BBC website, which is where I go to to see uh, what the team lineup is, and sometimes to remind myself of games when the substitutions happened and everything. Um, Lucas Paquetta's name is Lucas P- Paquetta, but not on the BBC's website. Uh, it's not. It's not a name like it. It's a name completely different from it. What's going on? What's happening? I got Paquetta, isn't it? Sorry, With the, isn't it Paquetta? Yes, it is. Oh, is it? With maybe the it maybe it's not accent, as different as I thought it was. Accent on the final A. I'm tempted to try and find no, it. It's right. Bill, are you sure you weren't reading Francis Benali? Uh, quite possibly, yes. That could be the problem. That could be the problem. Uh, of course, someone in um, Ulysses. No, it's not. It's not someone in Ulysses. It's James Joyce's wife. It was called Nora Barnacle. Wasn't she? she James was. Joyce's missus was na- her real name was Nora. Yes, Barnacle. belatedly yeah. became his missus. But and maybe, years 
And maybe we'll have Leopold Bloom playing up front tomorrow night if we all want to get smart alecky about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can find uh, his name. Uh, his, his name is totally different on uh, the BBC website. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it now. But Pakatar is the island on which he was born, isn't it? It's not even... It's oh, is not it? Even... Oh. Tolotino Cololo de Lima. Yeah. What's that about? He was born on the island of Pacatá, which is in the Bay of Rio, Rio de Janeiro, somewhere. It's so it's like no Brooklyn car. Beckham. He's sort of naming himself after the place he was born. Yeah, in. he just took the name where he's from. But Brazilian players like that, don't they? They're, caught, they're often their real name is like Cyclops Armadillion, <laughs> but on the back I, of their I shirt, it will say. I should what? have been Russell Seven Kings. Yes. If, uh, if but on the back of their were... shirts, it'll be like Ian or something, or Barry or something like that. Fred. It's very weird. Why do they? Where, is, where does Lucas come from then? Yeah, I don't. I, it's very strange. I don't. I don't understand it. It's an island just off. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Torta. Yeah. Tolentino Coelho de Lima. That's his name. Coelho. Oh. Very strange. Tolentino Coelho de Lima. Very now strange. you know why he changed his name to Lucas Pacatar, don't you? Yeah, bit of a bit of a <laughs> bit of a mouthful. Bit of a mouthful. Um, so we played against Andalette. I went to that game. Uh, that was an interesting game. Um, two very good goals. Nervy. It sort of went in waves, didn't it? They had possession. We didn't, you know, it was a sort of struggle to get past them. They seemed to rally when they got scored against. Obviously, they both came in the first half. Um, I, I wasn't over nervous in that game, even though the score was closest at the end. Oh, it yeah. wasn't nervy like uh, the uh, the Danish when we played away in Denmark, or was it at no. home when we were three nil up? And then yeah, we, we give it three, three two. two. That's Silkeborg, isn't that, it? Silkeborg. Yeah. That was yeah. very nervy. They were they seemed to be all over us. I I, I felt that um, Andelet we we were kind of in control. They weren't making proper chances. I mean, there was. Um, was that the game? No, it was the one all, the one nil where there was the fantastic save. But the the two two one at home, I thought was pretty comfortable. Thought the scoreline flattered them. Didn't uh, didn't raise my pulses too much. I thought in the stadium it felt it felt a little nervy. It felt like they were when they were scored against, they were sort of emboldened uh, rather than us kind of you know uh, and you know that was kind of evidenced in the second half a bit when uh, um, you know we won we didn't score and they did. Um, so interesting, you know, they, they were able to rest some players for the for the Southampton game, which we we can argue whether that worked or not. Uh, they were able to take Paqueta and Skameka, Skameka off. Um, Rice came on and played in central defence in the second half of that game. Yeah. Was sort of interesting. Needs do as needs must. And it just shows, yeah. obviously, how far above everybody else he is at, um, at West Ham at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. Frankly, for me to play in goal, and I would, would, really wouldn't care. Um, yeah. I just think he's that good at the moment. Although perhaps playing a little bit um, with some complacency, um, but I don't know. Um, it's all a bit strange, and I must confess, going back to what you were discussing earlier, I didn't get at all slightly nervous watching it on Thursday because it's just a piss pot cup anyway, as far as I'm concerned, and. Um, I'm sorry, I really can't get too excited about it. I'm much more worried about our league form than I am managing to beat the minnows of Europe. 
um, by one by the odd goal every every two weeks, and and to take supposedly some sort of um, delight in it um, or great positivity from it. The only oh. use it's been is to actually blood some of the newer players. But um, beyond that, I'm sorry, I really can't get too excited about it. I'm very I'm I'm excited about it, Simon. I sort of agree with Russell and you, Simon, actually about the first half. I, there wasn't, or I didn't feel there was a worry until probably 15 minutes in the second half. I thought the first half where we didn't start with a forward, there was talks of clever manoeuvres, false nines. We weren't playing a false nine. We just didn't play with a forward. But I thought the first half we were fluid. We were fast. We were quick. We looked lively. I thought we looked dangerous. And I thought we were we were in control all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm still really enjoying that we've got European football and um, then we go to the Premier league and i think in the european football we have been playing really well and i i, yeah. I really think we could i want to win this cup yeah yeah, yeah. i think so i, 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 think I we... mean i i have to say you know a lot of the kind of uh the impatience with Moyes at the beginning of the season i think we reached a point where i've been to a lot of games this season i've been to away ones and i've been to all the european ones so we reached a point where i'd seen seven matches and i had seen three wins three defeats and one draw so the kind of outlook was a little more rosy for me and we performed well in those games and I know absolutely what you mean Simon the, you know they could, they could argue that their their training games and their opportunity to test kind of different formations but often when he has tested those formations they've worked really well for us like I think he sort of played three at the back in one of those um uh, European games, then did it again at the weekend, but it was very different. It was in the Premier League, and uh, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. But you well, know, I mean, at least, it, at least there was a chance to try it, and it worked. And in fact, you know, when we did it in the Premier League, we did eventually win that game. But it was a nervy first half. It was against Villa, and that that first half, because I went to that, oh. was just so nervy. I, I don't really discount. I, I kind of discount it as a sort of barometer for what the team was like. Yeah, I, I do accept that the teams are not uh, are not over. Uh, exciting at the moment but I think we need to get through the group stages and then we get the teams that have dropped down from the Europa League they will be bigger and better European teams but we have to we have to be excited about it we have to get behind the team because there are only so many European spots and there are more than six or seven really good teams in the Premier League now with lots of money behind them and this is a route into Europe again next season. And if, it, if we weren't in Europe this season, we wouldn't have signed the likes of Pakatar or Paqueta or, or um, Skamaka. And this is putting us on a, a, a bigger and better stage and will attract further uh, players. And as much as we might want to think, a bit like Tottenham last year, that thought they were well above this competition, we have absolutely no choice. This is European football again this season, and it is what it is, and we have to just be all over it, and we, we do need to get excited and about I, it. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last. Being a West Ham fan, how long does us getting into Europe actually last? So I'm going to Bucharest, which will be a meaningless, meaningless game, but I'm going because I've gone to see West Ham in Europe, yeah. and I'm quite yeah. excited about that, so I'm going yeah. with my nephew and Dave Terrace that... Um, we all know. Yeah, I'm really excited that we're going to go away. It's going to sort of mean anything yeah. but about being in Bucharest, being with other West Ham fans in Europe. And I've said I went to Bucharest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I was in I was in Leon la- last time, and uh, it was, I'll never forget that. And it wasn't just meeting Jim in a cafe. Um, there was, you know, that that wasn't the only. That is an unforgettable it, experience, it, though. Yeah, sure. yeah, and worth a um, trip. It, <laughs> Did he have uh, the spittoon? He was there with his lovely daughter. Oh, he, yeah. he bought me a couple of pints, and uh, I was I was a very happy man. I was even happier later that night. But had it ended yeah. there, it would have been good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the goals were good. Uh, Bowen's finish was mm. good, and the, the, the sort of the uh, the culmination of a very good move. Uh, uh, ben Rama, who had a pretty good game, sort of won a little mini duel, uh, shoveled it on to um, uh, Emerson, uh, and uh, um, the cross was good. And um, Bowen's finish was excellent, sort yeah, of leaning it's... back a bit, swept it across the oh, goal. Brilliant. You know, it was um, and hit it with such power. But the yeah. ball was great. I thought Emerson did really well. A really powerful run down on the left. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, both um, of those are kind of subjects for discussion, I think, when we come to the Southampton game. But, yeah. um, you know, Ben Rama put a free kick in. For, you know, he's sort of becoming Mr Woodwork and uh, lots of narrow misses. And you're getting getting to the point where you're going, well, discussion of him playing well is really composed of goals he has failed to score. Uh, whether it's narrowly or not, they still haven't gone inside the wooden frame. And finally, one of them did. And it was a really well-taken free kick. Yeah, but it's a terrible defensive wall and the keeper was piss poor. I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I know I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like Scrooge. I know we're coming up to Christmas, but let's not to get too carried away. I mean, we've got to see it in the reality that it actually was. And then you've got to, when you pick out Ben Rama, who's actually played quite well in some of the European games, I mean, mm. there's a very good reason for that and why it's not replicated it when it really, to me, matters. Yeah. And that is on the weekends um, because it's a, it's a level below. And I mean, that goal, which is, a, is, is lovely. You watch it and you think, wow, we've actually scored directly from a free kick. But as I say, the wall was all over the place and the keeper was just second rate. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Uh, they got a penalty in the second half, which was this, I mean, possibly the <laughs> softest penalty I've seen yeah. in my life. I mean, Ben Johnson was trying to kick the football and his foot came somewhere near the leg of a player that was sort of in his proximity. It was, I don't, there was literally nothing else he could do. There the ball was, and he tried to kick it, and very gently his foot touched the knee of another footballer. It was extraordinary. I mean, it's just, uh, it, I mean, it, it felt like a kind of, you know, sort of deliberate attempt by the referee to just give them a consolation goal for kind of, for travelling across from Belgium. I mean, maybe he was watching the crowd violence, but that, uh, that, that foul, that foul's given a lot, and I just don't understand it. Where you've put your leg out to kick the ball, and the player has kicked, he kicked his leg. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, leg. Yeah. I just didn't. And you see that happen all the time. Yeah, and it should be a foul to us. It should be a yeah. foul to us. Yeah, I just never. And you do see that quite often in other areas of the football pitch that being given. Yeah, it's very and strange. I just, I've it? never ever understood it a bit like like i never understand why linesmen can't just go pick up the ball and give it they just leave it don't they it's mystifying things that happen in football that i just don't understand and that is one of them that just someone kicking me and they get the penalty i think that i mean i think it's the sort of thing that's been complicated by var but i think 
referees' brains, and I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily their fault. I think it's just the mixed signals they're getting from the kind of bodies that run football. Their brains are now soup. They just well, don't apparently know he's a very well thought after ref, well thought of referee. Just when I watched him later that night, they were saying you know he's uh, destined for the top. So he's not doing what? Yeah. What's yeah. he destined for the top of? The milk bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he must just come not back have been... to Ben Rama. Um, I, I think he, he did play well, uh, yes, against uh, less than fantastic opposition. He's so frustrating, though. I, and yeah. I think he's not going to change. He is what he is. Um, and that is a very talented footballer that isn't ever necessarily going to be acclimatized to the Premier League and the uh, robustness that that is. Uh, and I. You know, I, I I see on social media how fans get very upset and they get anti, they're anti-Moyes, not giving him a proper chance. And I do sometimes see it, and he should be maybe given some more credit. But I can also understand he is so inconsistent. Yes, and as well as he good. might play one week, you know that's not going to be consistent throughout the 90 minutes and he's not going to be replicated the next week. No, He's never, never going to be a starter, is he? Let's put it. I mean, in, yeah, we in a can't have, game you know, that, these, never are, be a these are really good squad players. This yeah. he is a, re- a really nice impact yeah. player yeah. To, to bring on, but he's not someone we can rely on week in, week out. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I, I um, you know, I was just maybe we'll come back to him in uh, uh, when we talk about Southampton, but but I'm sort of very, I was very encouraged by that guy Almiron at Newcastle because they've had him for a long time, and I think they sort of bought him in a period when we weren't so we did we, we weren't so deep into this period of just having attacking midfielders and almost no strikers, certainly in the English game. When you look at the kind of the the people that are picked for England. Only only Harry Kane is a sort of someone that you would describe as a forward. Everyone else is like Phil Foden, Saka, um, Mason Mount, um, you know. Raheem Sterling might take objection to that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Rashford is, you know, who's been out of the team, might now, you know, his form has sort of lifted uh, and came into the cup. But there are so many kind of attacking midfielders mm. now that are that are sort of not strikers and when Almiron came he was you know being quite uh heavily sort of slated for his lack of goals but they've kept him he's played and he's you know he's quite tireless in games works hard and I think they've sort of accepted that you know he's not gonna sort of score 20 a season but he's actually started to put some in this season and I do I do sort of hope that Ben Rama just finds his mojo or finds some sort of consistency because people were very excited. People that had seen uh, second flight Brentford were saying, this guy's a star. He's going to light up the premiership. People were, you know, quite evangelical about him. But I, but I, I, you know, certainly when we come to Sunday, I, I thought he looked like, I mean, he just looked like a championship player, if, if not a League One player. Uh, I thought he was very, very disappointing. Um, there's a lot of cl- crowd trouble <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, Anderlecht game. Um, it was bonkers, wasn't it? I mean, what yeah. on earth was all that about? I know. I mean, what was the what was the point of it? There was no animus actually for once shown by the West Ham crowd. No, or the few Belgians. I mean, why would anyone have aggro with a Belgian? Yes, um, it's funny, it isn't makes it? sense, you know. There's absolutely no historical reason for it. Um, and why, therefore, they would have animosity toward 
our lot who often can embarrass you. And you might think if I was on an opposition fan, I'd actually want to give someone a slap as well. But on that night, there was yeah. no such thing. We basically laughed at it all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, was just, it was just completely bonkers the whole episode. It was very strange, wasn't it? Um, you know, because. Go on, sorry, Phil. Especially because we were, I think, you know, part of the reason was that we were just too nil up. I mean, yeah. it was difficult for fans to get, you know, particularly upset by the, by the behaviour of the opposing fans. It just looked a bit ridiculous. But how do you get flares into the ground? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, like, there was a one shout that I did find. Someone said, you could get a nuke into this ground. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just bizarre how so many flares got into, like, it was like little pockets of fires that were happening. <laughs> No, I think the I think the rule is you can take a flare in, but they they take the top off of it first. Right, right, yeah, yeah, very good. And then yeah, and then you're golden. Yeah, because they yeah yeah because they often throw the tops at the pitch, don't they? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then recycle the flares. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we'll talk about the Southampton game in a brief moment after this message. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. So um, we we play again uh, next week, and uh, I think if we get a point, we will probably top that group. And uh, I think that sort of, um, you know, avoids some stuff you don't want to come across. I'm not really sure about the composition of that particular tournament and how it works, but I think it's highly beneficial to win your group, isn't it? Yes. Well, we miss the next round. So we right. missed two games, which we'd otherwise get, I assume, some point in February or something like that. Right, yeah. right. I think it's sort of, I didn't really question as, as the game went by and I saw the game, what that Viborg game was. Like, you know, this, this sort of strange pre-group match against a team we never saw again uh, in order to then start playing games in a group. I think that game was specially arranged just so that Declan Rice could serve his two-match ban, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was, um, of course, that's when that, that was Rice having that ban was where we saw um, uh, Flynn Downs impress, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Very, really yeah. sort of. And he's, he's been looked, great. He was good on Thursday night, I think. Yeah. yeah. Really As you say, good. I mean, it is weaker opposition, uh, but he's really looked very, oh, very, very good. I was very disappointed he didn't feature against Southampton. I, I assumed he wouldn't. I assumed Moyes would stick with Suchek. Uh, but I think it's almost impossible now to introduce Downs against Liverpool. You wouldn't do that to anyone. Oh, no, no. Um, and, but we probably need his composure against Liverpool. And had he been blooded against Southampton, which I think, with whom I think he could have coped quite well um, and would have done better than Suchek, although I wasn't there, um, then... 
you know, he, he maybe he, he he could have featured a little against Liverpool, but now he certainly can't. We're now stuck with Suchek for better or for worse. And I think that was an opportunity missed. I, I really think, think, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think he had a good chance of playing in that game. I think the only probably reason he didn't was because of the injuries we got um, in Europe and because of Suchek's height. I'm sure Suchek's height and strength uh, was the reason he was in the side. Otherwise, Downs, I, I find it really hard that he can't be in that side now. And I think, Russell, you're exactly right. I think that game would have been ideal for him and then to play in the Liverpool game because he's. I've been really, really impressed with him. His industry really works hard, keeps the ball really neatly, doesn't lose it. He feels he feels just a natural in there. He, I think since and again, caveat with playing uh weaker sides. I think he's looked great. I think he's looked really tired. Yeah. He's hit the ground running, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think the other side of the coin, sorry, I think the other side of the coin actually is more pertinent. Um, it's not to me at the moment whether Flynn Downs is good enough. I personally think he is, but I'm not the manager of the team. The bigger concern for me is how, in my view, Salchek has been completely and utterly invisible the entire season. And I take your point, Russell, about you wouldn't want, you would think, to start Flynn Downs tomorrow at Anfield. But in reality, um, his, his, his only opposition is an invisible man. Um, you know, Rice has been playing for two this season, in my opinion, I can't actually remember a game where Thomas Salchek has actually impressed and imposed himself. Spurs. Oh, he was pretty good at Spurs. <laughs> well, Spurs, he got the equaliser. Well, look, I was, hold on, I was totally with goal. you, Simon. Uh, but then the Wolves game, uh, I, I thought he was really good. I think he was a contender for man of the match in the Wolves game. But then he's he's reverted to type, and I'm not sure why. I know there were all these con- contract talks over the summer, and was it last season as well? But he's just he's he's just um, gone downhill so far and so fast. What's interesting is that I think we have to, with some perspective here, earlier in his career, he was told by apparently lots of managers and coaches, "You will never be a footballer. Your your close control is not good enough. Your awareness is not good enough." And then he surprised everyone in his first season at West Ham. We thought he was brilliant, and he was. But maybe with some perspective, we now have to look at that as the aberration as opposed to uh, what we've now got. Well, he's the captain of the Czech team. It's <laughs> for the, it's for the yeah. Czech Republic. But, it's but not, like, it's not like he sort of, it's not like he silenced his critics in his first season at West Ham. No, he but when he, he was but fucking captain made, of the Czech national I, I team. Think, I think it's, I think it's felt that he has made the very, very best of what he, of the, the, the skills that he has. Which I mean, I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big fan and I thought at the beginning of the season, I thought part of the problem was just everyone was playing badly. And what, what he did, which, you know, can ostensibly sort of not look like anything, was just try to break the opposition's play up and cover a lot of ground, which is what he does. He runs... He covers a lot of ground every game and tries to put blocks in and do stuff. And that is kind of invisible, slightly kind of thankless, Gareth Barry-like work. And I think he... 
often does that very effectively. But, you know, simply making a tackle is part of his job remit. And obviously no one's going to get kind of excited or give him man of the match because he put some tackles in. But he, but that is the that is what he's done in a team that has been sort of misfiring, um, you know, for for the first few games we played in this season. As the team sort of improves... I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk from people that Paqueta's better position as part of a midfield pair is actually yeah. slightly deeper. And yeah, that Rice, Rice Paqueta might be a better pair than Rice Downs, you know, get the bloke who plays for Brazil alongside Declan Rice. I must confess, if we're going to play two in the middle, I'd love to see Paqueta playing alongside Declan because it would force Rice to play in a, some, in a slightly different way. Yeah. And I think that, I think that would really be... Um, worthy of consideration. And for me, I I don't understand um, the um, total and utter um, intransigence of David Moyes um, sticking with one up front, because I'm hoping, having what we've had 10 games this season, now in the Premier League and, and technically six, but probably chuck those Bible games in yeah. eight in Europe, you know, I really was hoping after 18 games might actually get to see even if it was for 15 minutes, and Mikel Antonio playing alongside Skamaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny that the sort of... Um, the sort of reverse the Mandela effect has happened and that we've forgotten that uh, Antonio was at one point a sort of winger. Yeah. And could be one of a front three with Skamaka, you know, as the central, yeah. as the kind of pivot. I mean, I think that would be terrifyingly potentially good. Yeah. I know you yeah. might upset a few others by having to omit them as a result of that. But as a front three, you know, particularly yeah. because they're all slightly different in what they offer, but they're all quick and they're all essentially strong. Yeah. Um, and I think that could be a real handful for any defence in the Premier League, those three up front. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, Phil, you and I think you mentioned in the last pod that we've forgotten that when um, Antonio's running onto a ball, he's got pace or he's running at someone. He's yeah. got will, he scares the life out of him. He just knocks them out of the way. And I think we have forgotten. We have forgotten. Yeah. That last uh, goal against Fulham, his goal against Fulham was, mm. um, you know, really was back to something that used to happen yeah. uh, more more frequently. Yeah? What do you mean handling the ball on the way through? Handling yeah, the ball on the way through. Typical Michael That, that was funny, though, because it was only one angle that made that look like handball. The sort of, the you know, the, the shot from, you know, high up in the stand, that didn't look like handball remotely. Well, the one where you couldn't see his hand. Yeah, that was that. One, that uh, yeah, but I mean, the one you where it showed his hand. And very often, the referee is break. behind something happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, players don't wear the referee in a kind of papoose in front of them, so yeah. that they can always see the front of the footballer. Look, I get yeah. as ridiculous the, as the, the rule referee is. didn't. The referee didn't give that because he's. You know, he's on the pitch with it, but he's running in that direction. Nothing in his upper half when he's running seems to sort of move towards the ball from that position. It's actually very strange when you get that sort of, you know, head-on, front-on footage of him that does show him controlling it with his arm. Yeah. Um, because it just doesn't look like that from the other angle, you know. You have to have, no. you know, several referees 
manning the touchline in order to sort of see that. But you know, but, that, but, on, but on the rules, that was a it was a valid goal because of this silly bit about the different phase and all the rest of it. And one can see that they had several opportunities to clear. They didn't bother. They gave it back to him. And when they gave it back to him at his feet, he didn't handle it. He just put it in the net. So yeah. that that was the goal. Anyway, I'm sure we'll come on to refereeing in the Southampton. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, our statistics in the, you know, it was disappointing not to win that Southampton game because uh, we, into the second half, there was only one team going to win that game. Uh, and it was us, especially once we scored a goal. But, you know, in fact, even before the, the goal went in, I just thought we 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 were sort of now finding our, finding our stride and sort of playing well. That said, I, I thought... Um, Bowen and Soufal both had really bad games. I thought Bowen just, I mean, they just looked like they didn't really belong in the top flight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is this has been a sort of uh, watchword of this season. It's like, you know, Bowen has come into a tiny bit of form sort of scoring goals, but a lot of the rest of his play is not that, you know, not that great. He doesn't really look entirely at it. Well, um, he has more than enough credit in the bank, doesn't he? He does, yeah. With a few off games here here and there, and I'm sure he'll be back. But Soufal is really a different story. I, I can understand Moyes didn't have a choice at the weekend with the, the injuries and the illness, and we had to make do amend. But Soufal, as an, I think he's an all right, if we play a back four and he's a right back, I think he, he can. He's a half decent right back, and when he in his first season with us, we loved him. But I don't think he has enough attacking creativity and flair to to be a wing back. And if we're going to play three at the back, which Moyes seems to want to do, we do need a wing back. There aren't any in the squad. You know, I don't know where Ashby's gone. Uh, Kara is. You know, I don't think uh, uh, Ben Johnson is good enough going forward. No, same with. Kara, we don't, we actually, other than Harrington, we don't have a right wing back in the squad. And yet Moyes seems to want to play this system. I think maybe well, when um, a Gerd comes in, uh, right back or right wing back might be where he uh, sticks Kara. Because Kara clearly is a very, I think he's a very good footballer. He's a wing back. Very... I actually, I'm not a fan of the back three. Um, and I know the reasons because, of course, um, lack of personnel over the weekend. But, um, I do like Ben Johnson as a right back in a four, in a, in a, in a, in a flat back four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so long as Zuma is playing, and I almost don't care alongside whomsoever because I'm a big fan of Kurt Zuma. And I can just about forgive him for the incident um, that took him before the RSPCA. But yeah. aside from that, I think he's been monster, a monster centre back. And yeah. um, we need that. And I, I really do like. Um, ben Johnson uh, right back, and I think if ben Johnson's playing right back in a in a flat four, then it has a different dynamic with Jared Bowen because, of course, they work as a unit. Exactly the same on the other side. Um, whomever you have at left back and whoever's playing ahead of you on on the left side of the midfield or left side up front, it creates a completely different dynamic, and I think that has a bearing. Um, on how Bowen plays, and I agree with you, he was shocking on on Sunday. Um, but as for Kara, I was at the England Germany game um, a few oh, yeah. weeks back, and he played on the right side 
of a flat back four for Germany. Yeah, right back. Right, um, yeah. yeah, and I watched him. I was particularly focused upon him for obvious reasons. And he ain't no right back in a zillion years. Um, he's left footed to begin with, and he doesn't have the pace. Um, I'd actually like to see the prospect of Kera, because I think he could be really good playing alongside Rice if we have to have more sturdy um, central midfield, because I think he's got all the attributes to play there um, rather than play in the centre of defence, because he's versatile enough, particularly, of course, when Aguerd finally makes it into the, yeah, into yeah. the side. Or even if playing if you've got Dawson alongside um, Zuma, um, and you need to strengthen that midfield. I think Kara could actually be a very good option for that, but he is certainly no right back or mm. right, right wing back, heaven forbid. Um, he just hasn't got it, hasn't got the pace, and it's just not his game at all. And he's so left-footed, all he can do is come on inside every time. So it's, it sort of defeats the object of the yeah. exercise. Um, you, he's not a galloping um, right back. He just gets it, cuts inside and lays it off. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a makeshift, though, wasn't it? Back, uh, it was, yeah, yeah, definitely. I did go. I I went blindly, unguardedly optimistic for this game. I didn't think there would be any other result than us winning it. I was totally positive because I thought that Sumac uh, has been looking absolutely brilliant. Uh, Paqueta, I thought, whilst first being quite slow, the last few games he has looked. Absolute class. Absolute class. And I just thought we had too much for Southampton going into this game. And so that ungut so I've been positive before West Ham games. And you normally that's a bad sign because you go in positive, we always get beat after a couple of wins. But not this time. We were hitting the floor running. I thought we were gonna there was no other result but us winning. But I thought we were unsettled, not having Ogbonna or Dawson. As you say, um, Simon, uh, not having Zuma, having that back five, that was that was unsettling. I think that's why I didn't think the performance in the first half was that good. I thought we took looked a no. lot better in the second half. A yeah, lot we did. Yeah. Uh, although we did have chances, mm. and, uh, and then we're going to talk about that sort of referee decision because what was weird? I didn't the the where Suchek was fouled where he the judo. Um, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I couldn't see that. that was down the other end where we were, Phil, and so I didn't get to see that at home. So it wasn't until no. match of the day. But on match of the day, they showed um, Foden's disallowed goal, goal for um, Haaland's uh, shirt pull. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but then what was odd when they showed the close-up of um, uh, uh, Suchek getting dragged down. You then saw Sumaka be shirt being pulled. That's a foul. No matter right, where you yeah. are, that's the point that was made. That was a foul. So we saw two. So it went to VAR. They've seen that he's clearly fouled in the box there. That should be the penalty. But then Skumaka shirt was pulled at the same time. They were both, even though they had zoomed yeah. in to Suchek, actually Skumaka was exactly the same size on the TV. And I was like, that's a foul. And it never, yeah. it never ever got picked up. Mark, no one can argue with you, but unfortunately, inconsistency in refereeing is has been with us throughout time. It will remain with yeah. us throughout time. And sometimes, t- to say it's the old thing, sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes again you. But 
Um, the referee actually blocking off Jared Bowen was different gravy. I mean, that's not a question of interpretation. That was just so piss poor to be remarkable. And then for the referee not to realise what he'd actually done, win bonus um, yeah. from Southampton, mate. Well, I mean, I thought David Moyes was actually quite polite about it when he made the spec savers reference. It yeah, wasn't yeah. spec savers he needed to go to. Um, you know, Maybe it was just a remarkable thing. I've never seen it before. It was um, very strange. A referee actually block off a player, which is exactly what he did, and then allow the goal that rose from it. Yeah, yeah. I think I th- there's there's a there's a rule because there was a rule change a season or two ago which had to do with you know the the it's it's a sort of the game is stopped and there's kind of a drop ball if the ball hits the ref, isn't it? And I think that was new. Mm-hmm. But I think the the sort of contact between a player and a referee or a referee blocking the player off. I wonder if there is anything in the rules about that, you know. Well, maybe we could have a word with the referee in advance of tomorrow night and ask him to stand in front of Mo, Mo Salah every time yeah, he's going to make a forward run. absolutely. Just to even things up a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, of course, it was I, Liverpool that had that, uh, the ball hit the beach ball, wasn't it? <laughs> and go that, past... Of that was Darren, Darren Bent, wasn't it? Darren Bent, um, who's yeah. constantly reminded of it everywhere he goes. People shout out beach ball. Yeah, as yeah. In, as, if it, as if it were his fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that What was that Liverpool keeper's name? Pep. Pepe Rainier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was very funny. Um, there was it would have been of, funny if it happened to us, would it? There was a huge amount of rage about this sort of perceived foul throw. Um, But it's, uh, but, you know, I think it's because people think it's a bit like, you know, the board in the long jump that (laughs) none of your foot can make any contact with the line. Whereas in fact, it's like in tennis, where any part of your foot does make contact. So his whole foot could be over as long as a micron of his heel is in contact with the line. It's just that they don't normally do that. So that was... I don't get phased by. Well, now now we know that um, Sufal's throws might reach another six six inches further in. Anyway, I'm I'm back with you guys. I'm sorry. We noticed Russell. We noticed. Yes. Yes. We've got some bloke bloke in the street who's 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 changing the the QC to the KC on the on the post box, and it's I think it's knocked out (laughs) the Wi-Fi. Is it with your Wi-Fi? Whole of Marshall well, Hill's gone down. I think yeah. I think you should begin a class action, Russell, as you normally would over nothing, and see if you can <laughs> earn yourself a few quid on a CFA. Um, yeah, but well, my kids on, have got to eat. Well, of course, What's they a CFA have. <laughs> conditional fee arrangement, um, <laughs> uh, otherwise known as um, taking a cut of of the um, damages. Right, right. I, I don't get, I don't sully my hands in this nasty business. I do nice transactions, you know, just, you know, my, my stuff's all win-win. Everyone wants to do the same deal, so we can do it. You you, you litigators, don't, don't yeah. tar us all with the same brush. I've You're like a bloke in Better Call life. Saul, aren't you? <laughs> you need a criminal lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was going to say, it doesn't matter to me about the minutiae. The fact is... Um, However you want to describe it, we really should have romped that game on Sunday. Yeah. Well, and the second-half 20... performance, mm. I mean, I, I thought as soon as Deck scored what I thought was a great equaliser, yeah, great. Um, we had 30 minutes 
to, to finish that game off. And it was really disappointing for me. But yeah. somehow we didn't manage it when we were so on top. And for almost the entire 45 minutes of the second half, it wasn't even yeah. like a little phase <laughs> of play. It was just relentless. And we we're playing away from home and we still couldn't get the ball in the yeah, bloody right. onion bag for the second time. I mean, Skamaka... Um does seem to sort of operate a little bit on uh, sort of percentages and weight of numbers, doesn't he? Because he does, he does, uh, in amongst the wonderful goals, there are some actually slightly horrible misses, kind mm. of dragging it across the face of the goal. You know, um, there's been a couple in the European games, a couple in, you know, um, a couple in the league, and there were quite a few in that game, um, you know, and, and, and uh, Paqueta hit the post. And we had 25 shots compared to their 10. The difference is that, four of our 25 shots were on target, whereas eight of their 10 were on target. You know, As you're doing stat, man. I'm reliably, um, sorry, it cuts across. I'm reliably <laughs> assured by my son that Skamaka will get a hat-trick in the next three or four games. He's looked into all his XGs and he Good. mentions other ac acronyms, at which point I glaze over a bit. I don't know what he's talking about. But apparently all the stars are coming into alignment the hat trick is on its way cool. and liverpool or man united will do yeah absolutely yeah well it could start tomorrow night but um as you're playing Statman tonight phil how many corners did we have on sunday uh 14 14 uh, yes. we didn't look like scoring no. from a no, single absolutely. one yeah, this absolutely. myth that seems to have permeated throughout every commentator in the Premier League that we are a great dead ball team. Well, we were. Me, we were, but not this season. No, we no, were bloody no. lamentable. Not, not last. Yeah, it was the first game where I was pleased that we went short. There was a couple of times when we went short and I thought, thank God for that. Because nothing, the balls going in the box were poor and then we weren't yeah. attacking them. They weren't being attacked. We're not big, again, we're missing um, sort of Dawson, Zuma. Ogbonna. 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 So we're missing those. But I was delighted when we actually started to, we had to play. We stopped putting balls in the box and there was a couple of shorts. When in the past we've screamed when they've gone short. But it's yeah. interesting. It's it's interesting. We, we you know, we did in those, uh, you know, the kind of behind closed doors games and perhaps the following season, we, we seem to clearly have tactics. They did that thing that the England team does where they get in a, like a sort of queue, like they're queuing at the post office. And, you know, there's an idea that, you know, the others are all sort of decoy runners and that someone's going to hit it. Now we don't seem to have that, but also the delivery you know, That's this the is the same human beings kicking the ball into the box, but they've just lost both Cresswell and Bowen seem to, you know, have just lost the ability to put a kind of, you know, good hard whipped ball in. When yeah. when um when Bowen arrived at the club and took over some corner taking duties from Mark Noble, who, you know, Mark Noble, bless him, he took a great penalty, but oddly couldn't take a corner. The same way that Di Canio was just terrible with any dead ball except a penalty. Um, uh, it, it, you know, he took really good corners when he arrived, Bowen. And now, you know, a lot of those just went to the keeper's hands or to some giant central defender. Also, we just didn't seem to know what to do about them. And that is, it's shocking to have got 14 and really not, you know, not hit the target from one. You've just got to, you've got to. But it is, I agree with you, Phil, it's all about the delivery. And we have stopped taking corners with any degree of fizz on the delivery. Because yeah. if you hit it with sufficient swerve and fizz, there's half a chance that you'll get something out of an own goal 
by way of a deflection. Yes. But these are just like, we used to do it, you know, when you're about 14 at school and we used to play on a full-size pitch, you know, you just basically hoof it and you'd pat yourself on the back if you managed to get it halfway into the yeah. six-yard box without it bouncing. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's pretty much how we take our corners at the moment, except these are highly paid professional footballers. And I was a 14-year-old running around through off a county high. Not quite the same thing, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that seemed to, you know, we, we scored one last season, which was a near-post glancing he- header from Suchek. And that can only have been worked on because that the run he made was kind of, you know, predetermined and the ball seemed to arrive, you know, in his area. Because if it was aiming for the kind of centre of the penalty area, it would be miles above his head, but it wasn't. It was low enough for him to, you know, do an Alan Gilzine-style glancing <laughs> header and go in the net. So that was one technique that, that clearly looked premeditated and thought about. And then we were quite good at kind of, hitting it long to the back post and having mm. sort of Suchek or Ogbonna rise up and sort of nod it back into the danger zone. But at the moment, they're just, as you say, and, I mean, they're just and then, like... And then also with Nolan, we used to always have someone on the keeper doing a Nolan. Yeah, and yeah. And it was always sort of stopping the keeper from going out. Keepers plucking out, I think, six of the 14... Yeah. The came in if they got over the first man and it doesn't seem we're, like we're practicing them it just very doesn't strange seem like we're practicing them anymore very strange mark i think you've given birth to a new term for a corner that is doing a nolan doing i quite a, like that yeah. doing a nolan yeah. um, they probably would have said the same if someone had said that however about 25 years ago in the direction of one of those irish singing sisters <laughs> You might have got in a lot of trouble, but I think now in the year 2022, doing a Nolan for reference to a corner kick is perfectly acceptable. Thank you. I've only really but it, heard... But it is strange. It is strange how the stats have just fallen away that we were scoring so many of them and now it's reduced to next to none. I mean, I, I want to defend um, our corner takers in that there seems to be a millimetres of difference in having to... A corner that just about that, that has a low trajectory yet clears the first man and if it goes on sort of a foot beyond it's in goalkeeper yeah. territory so it's a it's a pretty amazing skill to really judge that flight so that yeah, you can when you have 14 attempts to get it right <laughs> yeah their keeper did catch the ball in his six yard box twice there at his chest yeah mm-hmm. twice at his chest so it did do russell exactly as you said but he's catching it just at his six yard box at his chest no one was attacking it i couldn't uh, it, mm, it wasn't up strange. at the highest point it was down twice at his chest now comes the killer question how much blame can we heap on mark warburton who is, of course, the first team coach in all of this, um, for reasons that I think could probably befuddled anyone other than David Sullivan, who seems to think that Mark Warburton is some sort of superstar technician or tactical genius when he plainly isn't. Um, and I think that generally in the lethargy that has seemed to envelop the first team this season, I think that the absence both of Mark Noble, although of course that will change come January, but also Stuart Pearce um, is actually quite noticeable and can't be discounted because it can't just be a coincidence, can it? No, it was strange. I mean, I thought in the Manchester City game, which in retrospect, the fact that we kept it down to two since that since they're walloping teams like, you know, 5-0 uh, since that first game. I mean, obviously they took their foot off the gas, but I did think, I did think we felt 
like we hadn't come back from the summer break. We just didn't seem to be ready. Everyone was playing at six out of ten, and that was very disappointing when Manchester City have arrived, who we gave a bloody good game to at the end of last season mm. to just sort of fold like a pack of cards at the beginning of that season. And, you know, things like the Brighton game, oh, we really needed that, didn't we? We really needed that. And we just came out and did the same thing. You know, it was, it's very odd. But we do yeah. see it. And we should have won that game on Sunday. And I think, you know, they... they you know they they are obviously going to be immensely contrite that they failed to do that. We, you know, we we did have all those shots. We just needed to stick some of them in. Um, it's in, it's interesting about uh, Warburton. So I, I didn't I, I I've I've hardly watched QPR in recent years, and I so I I really couldn't speak to his style of play. But what I think I read is that he is much more about keeping the ball, looking after the ball, more much more of a possession game with nice tippy-tappy football, I think. And if that's the case, then maybe there is something in that. So maybe we are a little schizophrenic at the moment and haven't quite mm. worked out what we want to be. And that we're, are we moving slightly away from Moyes' ideal thing to Warburton mm. having a bit more of influence? Maybe there's something in that. Well, I think I think Moyes also wanted to move away from that, didn't he? I think part of buying players like uh, a Gerd and uh, Paqueta uh, is that they, you know, they're going to um, do better in a game where you have more possession because that was our Achilles' heel in the last couple of years. We we sort of found this way of first of all getting ourselves out of relegation danger and then starting to really motor. But it was a kind of counter-attacking game where we were sort of soaking it up and hitting them on the break. And if teams did that to us, we we could often look very confused. Except for it, and I'm not I, I get there's a dichotomy in a in a style of play, although I don't think it's actually that different. And I can't really see it. I think there is a drop in energy level and vitality this season, mm. troubling. And, and we didn't play, look, we may not have played tippy-tappy, and I don't like tippy-tappy, I never have, and I don't think any great West Ham team has ever played tippy-tappy, and I think anyone thinks they have, have deluded themselves. It's never been that way. Mm. But if you think of last season, with the home wins against Tottenham, Chelsea and Liverpool, there was yeah. nothing that was anything other than fast, precise, exhilarating football in those games. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely, yeah. I remember coming home from every one of those games, f- feeling drained just watching it, um, let yeah. alone, it was fantastic. And where has that gone? That's the key question to me. And you can't just ascribe the absence of that verve uh, and that pace and precision um, upon or to rather ascribe it to playing a little bit more possession-based football, because that just can't be right, can it? I was hoping the thought was that you have to have two ways. You play, mm. you can do that. So against the sort of the top four or five, you can do on the break and um, get a couple of goals, that fast pace. So we can do that. What we were struggling with were teams that would park the bus and we couldn't play through them. Yeah, that's right. I think we have bought players now that can do that, can hold the ball. And Baqueta is, he's strong, doesn't give it away. Mm. He, well, he is a moist player. He, 
top top class Moyes player. He works extremely hard mm. for the team. He's not just the um, sort of number 10 sort of fancy Dan. Like you said, he could easily play with Rice in that back too, which actually I would quite like to see as well. He bloody shoulder charged someone over. And, like, got him, you know, I mean, I don't but know. We saw in the first few minutes of his first appearance that he puts yeah. himself about. Yeah. He isn't just some luxury yeah, yeah. fancy there. No, I'm very excited to see him. I oh. think he is settling in fairly quickly. My my biggest concern is that we're trying to play three, um, five at the back and we don't have mm-hmm. the players for it. Yeah. No, we, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think that, I mean, part of the reason for the five was all the injuries, I think, uh, you know, against Southampton. Well, except we hear Moyes lo- likes it and uh, the one hears that's the way he wants to go. Well, I Which think, is you know, puzzling I think we, why he didn't buy a wing back then. I think when players come back, we might see a bit more of that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I I was sort of you know, sort of slightly sort of concerned that we didn't buy someone with real pace in the window. You know, I think I think Bowen's Bowen's quick with the ball at his feet. You know, he is a good dribbler and he's he's nippy, but he's not a kind of, you know, he's not a TG TGV. And um I haven't seen enough of uh, Cornet that looks again, he looks like he's probably quick with the ball at his feet. You know, Decanio was quick with the ball at his feet. He's not gonna win a foot race with Theo Walcott, but Decanio with the ball at his feet was probably one of the quicker players in the division. And I think Cornet looks like that. You know, it's um it's Slightly worrying that sort of seemingly innocuous, you know, limping off the pitch has now turned into quite a few weeks of, you know, absenteeism for me. Yeah, yeah, it's the West Ham way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other, the other point I wanted to make is that, um, you know, we've got to break this habit of conceding first in just about every bleeding game. Yeah, and because even if you're playing a lesser side. Southampton, good example, on Sunday. You know, you make it that much harder. We can't yeah. ha- keep having to come back from a goal down. And if you, you know, look at the beginning of the season, obviously, Man City, um, we're, we're two down. We're a goal down at Forest. We're, we're a goal down at Brighton. We're a goal down at home to Spurs. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, okay, we actually won at Villa because we weren't a goal down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We we were ahead at Chelsea, but couldn't hold on to it. And we all know the injustice that thereafter um, ensued. But the, it's it's more and more repeated now that we have we, we go a goal down, and even yeah. in some of those soppy European games, we go a goal down. Mm. Um, and I don't know. We don't what we were doing last season, and to some extent the season before, we would get out the blocks fast. Yeah, and we haven't done that at all this season. Um, no. We sort of wait to go a goal down after 20 minutes and then think, hmm, we might have to pull our socks back a bit here to try and get into it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, on the positive, we have had a good October. So yeah. Far. Yeah, I think I think yeah. things, you know, things could well be looking up. I think, I think it, you know, it's taken some time for the new guys to settle in. I'm glad that Emerson gets a bit of game time every every game, that it, it that it isn't the case that, you know, like with uh, Alex Kral or or, uh, or Vlasic that Moyes, you know, either doesn't like him or is waiting till 2026 to give him a, a, an outing because he clearly looks, you know, he plays... But he, in the, 
We've well, got no choice. If if Moyes plays the back five, and you 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 know Cresswell's not a he's not a wing back. Emerson is not a is not a left back. He is a wing back. He's got no competition because uh, what's his name is now injured. Who you're just talking about, Corne? So he's got he's really got to, you know Emerson is going to be getting game time, and yeah. he I think he's he's looked all right. He's just not you know he's I think we knew he wasn't going to be great defensively. Uh, but he looks reasonably comfortable on the ball. I haven't seen much of him. I think, well, yeah, he plays for Italy and he played for Chelsea. You know, I think he's not, it's not like we're... Well, he, well, he at... belonged to Chelsea. Did he play for him? But... Yeah. <laughs> not really. I mean, you know, they, we didn't get him from Leighton Orient. He's not no. like... Soft, no, no, he's and he's... He's, he's, not like decent, a, he's not like he's a Make-A-Wish Foundation winner that we've yes. allowed to play first... Top don't listen, football. listen, don't knock don't knock buying players from Leighton Orient. I mean, I wouldn't mind it in the 70s. We bought Laurie Cunningham. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Jim and I watched uh, Leighton Orient in when they had a sort of good, good crop of players. Kenny Achampong, Chris Bart Williams, that sort of that era, sort of maybe early 90s, late 80s. We used to because I lived in Leighton. Uh, and they were a good outfit then. Um, yeah. Um but yes, I mean, I, I think, you know, I feel that, you know, with with the Wolves result and the European games and, you know, that that was going to be five wins in a row if we'd won that win, won that game on Sunday. So um, I well, suppose... Well, not for the referee and had we taken some of the multitude of chances you say that we had, yeah. and I, you know, I wasn't there, I yeah, wasn't yeah. there, then it w- tonight it would have been a very different conversation. Tonight, yeah, absolutely. We? We, yeah. Be very, we would be optimistic. That said, uh, and we should come to this, we are playing Liverpool. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yes, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, um, uh, Dawson would be back. That that would be, you know, certainly fairly early on in my list of wishes for tomorrow night is for at least Dawson to be back. Is there well, if we don't have of one of... Yeah, if we, if we don't have one of at least of Zuma or Dawson, I mean, God knows. It's God curtains, knows. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. we know how bad Ogbonna was? Yes, I don't know. I mean, I wonder what he's like sort of generally. You know, he's he's knocking on a bit and has had kind of, you know, famously the kind of the worst injury you can have in football, I wonder. Um but he's, you know, he looks good in the European games. But you know, as Simon's made, you know, per- perfectly clear, those are they are easier games to play in uh, than sort of the pace of the Premier League. Um, but think, yes, it was a I little while. Zuma is is absolutely. I mean, I don't know how yeah. how is what his position is for Samari's situation, but is absolutely vital because we're going to need that sort of last ditch, yeah, um, block, tackle, stretch. For which Zuma um, really is unrivaled. What was his situation? Is it, I think he was just ill. Ill. I think he was just ill. But he was, so. but he what we've seen, he's not looked right for several games. So he's been no, carrying he's some hobbles, sort of injury. Yeah, yeah. Yes. he looks but like he's running through... ill on top of that. Did he? He looks right. like he's. So, he looks like yeah. he's running through tar. I think that, you know, there's there are rumours of some kind of chronic injury that he has, uh, and I'm not sure the details of that are, or at least a serious injury, and, and sort of somehow armed with that knowledge makes you watch him in a different way. And, I, mm. you know, he's probably never been particularly quick, but he looks like he's running through treacle. And I he's doesn't great, sort of... He's sorry? never a graceful mover, is he? No, no. Is. You know, I think... I think moving forward, he's got to have a more mobile partner in central defence, you know, um, 
Which but does, Simon's right. We we do need one of them. We need someone like that, Dawson or Zuma, or, or we need one of those in the centre of um, of our defence. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I wouldn't really mind as long as he can get out there if he is carrying some sort of chronic injury. Because um, and Russell, one of you are going to tell me um, who was that fabulous Paul McGrath who, who yeah. seemed to carry himself for ten years with a chronic injury. Yeah, yeah. He's probably the best best centre back in the in the top flight for mm. all of those years, even though he couldn't train. Um, That's right. Throughout the week, and only could play on a Saturday afternoon. So I'm I sure Dawson, Dawson will make himself available unless he's on a hospital bed somewhere. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. He, you had, know, one... he had a dead leg, didn't he? It was a dead leg. Yeah. So you know, a one of those guys just sort of things against. I don't even. Oh, I, know, I don't yeah. even know what that is. I mean, a I, 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 I banned it about that expression. <laughs> well, I've I've had one plenty of times at school, but I was sort of fine about an hour later. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what we used to call a dead leg. I don't think yeah. it's the same when it comes to professional football. Is no. Because it? it keeps them out for like a week or two weeks. Uh, yeah, yes, well, that's because anything keeps them out if they don't fancy yeah. playing. Can you just, yeah. I mean, can you imagine back in the day, and I don't want to do this, but can you ever imagine back in the day reading on the Saturday papers as it used to be um, in the predicted lineups for the teams? Um, this week, uh, West Ham playing whomever. Um, <clears throat> suspected that Billy Bonds won't be playing because he suffered a dead leg last time out. Yeah. You would absolutely roll around the floor laughing, thinking someone's taking the complete piss out of you, wouldn't you? I mean, a yes. dead leg. What does that actually mean? But I think also Dawson would, is that type of player, isn't he? He would not want to be not playing because he had a dead leg. Yeah, No, that's right. Um, so, you know, they, uh, they've they got off to their uh, uh, a slightly um, troubled start this season. They've got a couple of their sort of striking options missing, but, uh, you know, they they lost one or two players, but then now Robert Firmino looks back to his best for them. And, you know, Salah scored recently. They've just got spare strikers filling cupboards in Anfield along with trophies. Um, yeah, I don't know, up there. Um, do we want to make predictions? Simon? Yes. we. No, no, Simon. I'll let Simon go first. Oh, 3-0. 3-0. That's to very optimistic. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think we'll get three, but... <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be happy if we got nil. <laughs> yeah. Russell, what do you think? We're going to win. Good. The question is how many? Um, I... I'll go. I'll go. I'll go a one nil. I think they they're they're going to fall flat. It's after the Lord Mayor show, yeah. and um, yeah, uh, I think uh, Cresswell with Cresswell's pace, he'll have Salah in his pocket. Yeah, and that will be that one nil West Ham. Good, good. Mark, what do you reckon? I'm going to go one one. Yeah, I wanted that. Wouldn't we all? All right, I. Yeah, I never normally predict a defeat, but I'm going to say West Ham 2, Liverpool 3. I think it might be a really good game. I think, uh, I think you know, uh, Paqueta's going to be up for it. You know, it's 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 a world stage game. It's the sort of, uh, it's the first one that they've sort of played in where they're now fixtures in the team. I think they might kind of, you know, step it up. Rice will step it up. He'll be emboldened by his goal at the weekend. Um, but, so we might score twice, but then they'll score three, maybe. I've got, I've got to say something about Liverpool, because I was up there um, a few weeks ago um, for a client, and I went to the Everton-Liverpool game. 
on that Saturday. Um, And this idea that it's a friendly rivalry on Merseyside, that was completely dispelled. The taunt and the behaviour from the Evertonians toward the Liverpool fans were off the scale. If any of that stuff came from a West Ham fan, we'd shut our club down. I mean, it was like, it was just incredible. I mean, real, real nastiness. So just throwing that in, all this, they're all friendly in Liverpool. Don't you believe it? Um, Horrible people. We went to um, we went to the Liverpool game one year, and there is you know because obviously they are just uh, the, the opposite sides of Stanley Park. So there was a pub um, that we went to after the game, and there are lots of kind of you know um, uh, people in the pub, and they were showing um, the Everton game on TV. So, uh, you know, for the 5.30 kickoff. So there's an Evertonian in there with his scarf on, ready to watch the TV. And I sort of went up to him and went, um, aren't a load of Liverpool fans going to come in here in a minute? And he was like, I don't give a fuck. And, uh, and when, when these <laughs> Liverpool fans came in, he just went, oh, yeah, you get a right shower of shit coming in here, don't you? Right shower of fucking shit, just yelling at them. <laughs> like, yeah. do you... Do you do you not have do you have a life insurance policy and you need to leave money to your family or something? Um, it's extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> Hats off to him. Hats off <clears throat> to him. Um, well, that's probably that's probably it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. Hold on, we've we got a game on Monday night. We've got a game on Monday night. Oh, right, yes, that's right. We might not do one before that. Okay. Uh, well, yes. Very quickly then, um, you know, Bournemouth, we, we sort of, you know, we should get past them, shouldn't we? We're at home. Playing both teams at the wrong time. Both of them are really on form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Which is They're a bit of a shame. Now. Bit of a shame. Uh, like everyone, well, every home game I've seen this season, the other team seems to have knocked it about in a very slick fashion. And we've been playing, playing catch-up, uh, as you were saying, Simon, and we find ourselves a goal down after 10 minutes. I fully expect Bournemouth to do the same to us. Perhaps not score, but I think they'll play nice little triangles. I hope that Pakatar and certainly Skamaka, I think he looks better and better with each game. Yeah, He's getting like chances. Um, yeah, that hat-trick incoming, according right. to my son. What's your That's score prediction? Game. What's your score prediction? Nil nil. <laughs> right, right, right. Interesting. That sort of turned at the end, didn't it? When yeah. you sort of talk, all the talk about Skamaka hat tricks, and then you did a. It was like it was like an M Night Shyamalan film. There was a twist, <laughs> sort of twist in the tail of it, wasn't there? Because it ended up nil nil after all the promise of Skamaka's yes. hat trick. It was uh, that's it was, our team all over. Yeah, the, it's like the ending of the film. Skamaka's actually a ghost. Um, nil nil, be lucky to have it. Yeah, yeah. six cents. <laughs> very uh, very dark ending though. Yeah, Simon, what do you think? I think it's a game we're going to have to win. It's a must-win yeah. game for me on Monday night, and I think therefore we will. And I think we'll win by two nil. Two nil, excellent. Mark, what do you reckon? Skamaka hat trick. Right. Good. I'm glad that's back. <laughs> Three nil. And, we'll, and we'll lose 4-3. <laughs> yeah, three, three nil. nil. All right. I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say three one. Three ones of hammers. All right. This has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Mark Gower. Thanks for having me. Russell Raphael. 
Thank you very much. And Simon Pentel, KC, and the Sunshine Band. Come on, you irons. Indeed. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.